Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Hey, you're listening to the world-famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. i got to tell you something. Oh, oh, the God Baby is back. Oh, don't start, don't start, don't, don't, don't even go there, man. I mean, that Shark Week was traumatic. I went on vacation. We had a family wedding up in uh, the uh, Seattle area, Tacoma. And a uh, great wedding, by the way. And um, that's all I could hear. Uh, I, I was I was trying to play music uh, on the airplane, you know, in my headphones. I was trying to erase it. I was trying to do anything, and I could not get rid of that song. So thank you to the lovely Paula for that earworm. It's quite an earworm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Does she come home with, like, the earworm of the week, or was this just particularly Sometimes notorious? she does. It's, it's hard to go, you know, to know what she's going to have this week for us. So. Hey, I'm looking on screen here. I just have Facebook open, and Kroger's has whole beef briskets on sale for one ninety nine a pound. Just saying, you know, oh, I don't know how man, long there's this— There's no Kroger's in my area. I don't know how long the sale will last, but if you're within striking distance, brisket on sale. And if you have a smoker— Invite me. <laughs> uh, do you, now, are you running your smoker right now? No, no. I sold the smoker before we moved to, uh, to Cleveland, so I need to get a new smoker. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're living in Cleveland, which is kind of a that's – a, that's a, an unsung barbecue town, I think. Yeah, it, it, there's, some, there's some decent barbecue here. There's Mission Barbecue, which is actually pretty darn good. But you, you, you sold your smoker. You had this, like, electric smoker, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was only, like, 120 bucks. It was an <laughs> uh, expensive item, and it had been used. Oh. The, uh, oh, you didn't the buy new? The heating element at the bottom was starting to wear out. Yeah. So, so you just kind of offloaded Yeah, I wasn't it. really hitting the temps that I wanted to hit, and you know, I, I think you know I sold what, it for, like, 10 bucks. You know my brother—it's <laughs> a yard sale, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, my brother-in-law, he, he's really big on these—, these Pellet smokers. Was it Traeger's? Yeah, they're a little pricey, though. They are. They're costly. But boy, the results of those things are quite impressive. And it's a, a very dialed in. It's very predictable. There's not a lot of voodoo. You know, when, you, when you're doing open fire, live fire cooking, uh, there's a lot of, like, sacrifice to the gods. You can, you, you, you can understand why those things kind of ran with each other because there's a lot of uncertainty in open fire cooking. But this yeah. has it kind of dialed down to a science where it just kind of shoots these little pellets into a burning chamber. Yeah, and my brother has one of those, too. You can get them at... Uh, Costco, I think. You can get anything at Costco. Tires, caskets, traders. Yeah, they're, they're kind of pricey, though. I mean, they, I, I think, if I remember right, they start around three, 400 bucks and go up from there. Yeah, and the fuel pellets cost you, too, although, right. you know, so does wood, unless you have a forest yeah. in your backyard or briquettes, whatever you use. If you happen to have some cherry trees that you can chop down and dry the wood. And it's What's your favorite smoking nice. wood? 
Um, depending on what I'm what I'm smoking, if I'm doing pork, I really like cherry. Cherries, cherry's good. I I, yeah. I go through a lot of cherry. Apple too. Now I've heard some people Apple's say that too, yeah. apple is doesn't have bring big flavor. It's true. It's it's a subtle smoke, but I I like apple, especially with pork like smoked pork yep. chops. Yeah, yeah, works really good. well. Yeah, uh, you know if I'm doing beef or or uh, chicken, I I think I lean toward hickory. Hickory and is magnificent. I, mesquite's okay. I just I just never have really figured out what goes well with it. You know the thing about mesquite, I think, I may be wrong here, but I think you need a really hot fire for that because mesquite always tastes kind of sooty to me. Yeah. And uh, and I don't like it's crackly, too. It's like it's, like it's, it's an out-of-control wood. Um, I like, I love, hickory says barbecue to me when i when i smell when i smell hickory going i'm thinking about in fact i'm getting hungry just thinking about hickory (laughs) let's go get some barbecue but yeah (laughs) right but (laughs) but a brisket or or pork too i mean a a good like uh butt or shoulder doing you know sort of a pulled pork thing hickory is excellent for that (laughs) i like i like cherry wood for salmon so if you're gonna smoke fish cherry cherry wood is really good for for fish in my opinion it's all good, man. Oh, love it's it. All good. Love it. I do all yeah. my smoking on a Weber. I, I, I'm, I'm basically a one-trick pony. I, I've got two Webers. You got tor- one of those inserts? The, yeah, the, from yeah. A, Adrenaline Barbecue. I, they're not a sponsor, but I, 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 I've got to put in an endorsement. Adrenaline Barbecue. The, the unit's called a slow and sear. Slow and it's right. An N for the and. You know how that works. Of uh, slow and sear, and it, you use it basically three ways you can use it to create an uber hot zone so it basically stacks the coals right up under the grill Um, it's so hot that it burns off everything on the grill to a white ash you know i mean it's just intense that's a nice way to clean your grill right it is it is that that restores the grill to factory at that point um but you can also use it as an indirect cooker because it creates this kind of wall of of heat but there's hmm. no radiant heat, and so uh, it really works well for um, things where you want to do some slow cooking for a while and then flip it over to the sear side and get, get a nice char on it. So big, thick steaks or chicken breasts or things like it works great. And then it has a little channel for water, so you can use it as a, a low and slow smoker, too. Hmm. And it works tremendous. It's really, so- really good. Here's here's the question, mm. and and this has gone around and around and around, and different chefs have different takes on it. Mm-hmm. Sear first and then cook, or cook first and then sear. Uh, depends. Um, I think the major major variable. Uh, I, I think of two things when I when I try to answer that question. One, um, how thick is the piece of meat, and how rare do I want it in the middle? Because if you if you do a a sear first you may already be done if it's if it's thin like a thin steak you right. don't you yeah. don't have you don't have a slow cook available to you um with that slow and sear if you got about a if you got a good one inch one inch steak you can do a little slow work with smoke that's the other variable is do i want to add a little smoke to it before i sear it and uh and so i'll i tend to like um slow first then sear last okay yes right. i think they call it reverse sear that's become a big trend in uh in in professional 
Yeah, uh, I know. I, I saw a cooking show that was dedicated to this whole topic, basically. And I was, you, you know, need was a like you need a hot chefs. you need a hot sear zone though. If your sear zone is kind of medium hot, it's not going to work. You're going to overcook the middle. Uh, right. The yeah. other thing is you can you can you can uh, pre cook your steaks. This is a restaurant trick, so you can take them up to like one ten, okay. and just pull them off the heat. And when the guests come, flame on, baby. Then you put them on the hot zone and sear them, and you're good to go. It's nice and hot in the middle. Yeah, but you don't have to time anything because that, that, that low uh, cook, and that's what I like about the, 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 the um, slow and sear, is that uh, it doesn't brown anything. You don't have any radiant heat from the coals, so it doesn't brown. It just cooks. It's like How a, do we end up on these topics anyway? We like food. We like barbecue. And oh, you, yeah. you sold your smoker. <laughs> I should have never sold the smoker. Yeah, well, you know, it was that or check in with the Royal Ohana room again. But I assume that's just kind of going, right? Yeah, I got a new, uh, you know, the old beaded curtains. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, beaded. Got yes. one of those because one yes. of the doors goes to the laundry room, but it doesn't okay. have a door on it. So, so ambiance? It's, it's it's this cool beaded curtain, and it's the, the scenery of Waikiki Beach overlooking Diamond Head. You know what so I like about the cool. whole tiki thing is that it's an outlet for all things kitschy. You know, the, it the, is. the, the stuff that you maybe didn't don't want throughout your whole house, you concentrated in the Royal Ohana room and this it all makes true. it comes together. But we would love for our house to be very mid-century modern in general, <laughs> so um, you know, not one of the high points of American design, but uh, you know, the, it has a. It, it's making a big comeback. It is. Well, it has. Mid-century mod is it's huge. Be, it's just flat out trendy now. And but. you go out in the valley, you know, where they have like the Brady Bunch house and that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. That is just the land of mid-century mod right there. Las or Las Vegas, Palm Springs area is amazing, <laughs> and they they have a uh, every year they have what they call Modern Week or Modernist Week or something yeah. like that. And all these people open up their 1950s, 1960s, mid-century modern homes for this big tour and everything. See, and uh, it's it's become quite the thing. I have a parent moment when I see mid-century mod because because that was my parents' living room. That was my parents' house. My parents' oh, house yeah. was a kind of a combination of the Art Deco kitchen and the mid-century mod living room. You know, so we had the Formica, the Formica kitchen table with the uh, the aluminum edge. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, mom has it in the basement. Very desirable. It, now. Mom has it in the basement. It's pristine. It's it's vintage. I, and I keep telling, I said, do not curb that. That that that's that's going for sale. Somebody wants oh, yeah. that. No, that that you put that up for sale on eBay. You get mm. some bank. Mm-mm. You know, if it's the legitimate. Vintage deal and in good shape. You it get, is. No, it's some serious bank. Nice, for that. really nice kind of marble esque formica. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and this, uh, this wide aluminum edge with the ridges in it. And it, it's oh, not, yeah. it's not square. It's, it undulates. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that's sexy right there. That's so nice. There's, there's that. So, uh, yeah. The house I grew up in was built in 1964. So, there, you, built there it is. Right in the, that atomic age there. It was awesome. <laughs> that awesome. and the Jetsons and Googie architecture. And we're oh, all. Oh, Googie's we're, awesome. We're, yeah. We're all in. You know about it. Googie. That's, that's, that's I cool. do. Well, you yeah. know, uh, LAX is Googie. Yes. Yeah. And, and especially that, that, uh, 
it's been closed forever. You know, the, 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 the restaurant or the, the Jetsons, spaceship. the Jetsons yeah. restaurant. But yeah, it's all googie there. So, well, we covered barbecue and architecture. So yeah, I think, let's let's go to the mailbag. All right, the God Whispers mailbag brought to you by Smoking Hot Mid-Century Modern Architecture. Mid-Century Mods, dear manly doctors. Our congregation is debating weekly communion. Some people are accustomed to twice a month. Others are pushing for communion every Sunday and still others communion every service every Sunday. What's the advantage? What's the ups and downs of weekly communion in your less than humble opinion? Okay, so I've got a story to start with here. A story. This tell is us, the tell us extraordinary the story. nature of my it's current a story of a man named Brady. No, you, that's these not, people sorry. in Cleveland are just flat out insane and awesome. Um, I sit down with my elders and I say, "Hey, I, I just want you to know that uh, my intention is to take this church toward weekly communion." And I realize it might be four or five years of teaching before people are ready to understand and accept it, but. You know, as the elders, I just want you to know the direction that I'd like to take. And, uh, you know, I, I invite you to come alongside or, or debate it with me or whatever. You know, let's talk about it. And so one of the guys says, well, uh, what's the drawbacks to weekly communion? I said, well, some people argue that uh, if you have communion every week, it's not that special. And uh, some people will complain that, uh, you know, our, our communion wafer and wine bill is going to go up by 40 or 50 <laughs> bucks for the year. And other people will say it takes 15 to 20 minutes for communion, and I really need to get home for my football game. Yeah. And uh, Cleveland, they say, really? They, they're in a hurry to get home to that? Oh, dude, Browns are huge here. <laughs> you do realize they didn't lose their first game. Oh, man. They didn't win the first game, but they didn't lose they the first lost. game. Okay, yeah, right. they, I got they it. Tie. Yeah. So already they're ahead of their whole season last year. They tied? Can you still tie in the NFL? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, you go in overtime. And, and, and you fail to no score. Wow. Yeah. What was the final score? I hesitate um, to ask. 21-21. Wow. Okay, all right. Actually, I was watching the game, and the Browns were down by two touchdowns. I'm like, oh, typical Browns. And I went and took a shower because it was after church, and I'm sweaty, and and uh, someone called, and so I'm talking on the phone for half an hour. I come back out, and it's tied 21-21. I'm like, what the heck happened here? Like Within 20 minutes, half an hour, all of a sudden they tied it all up. It's crazy. Mm. So anyway. <clears throat> My Bears lost to the pack at Lambeau in the fourth quarter. So yeah, it's, all's right with the universe. Everything no is, everything is, is more, clicking along. No one in the world is more irritating than Packers fans. Oh, man. They, oh, it, it, They're that's, irritating. Speaking of needing to get out of church on time. <laughs> so anyway, back to this conversation. They look at me and they say, we're ready. Just do it. <laughs> really? No I'm, discussion? Huh? Just do it? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, what? They went, huh? they went full on Nike. Just yeah, do it. And, and I'm like, uh no what no church ever does this this is this is not the way that lutheran churches work you know you, you don't you don't just say we're ready do it you know there has to be like this prolonged struggle between the pastor and the elders and the congregation you know you, you can't just have so anyway we've got weekly communion boom just like that hmm. wow i've never heard of that happening that's ever, that's anywhere. pretty exceptional i i think <laughs> i think really you made a is. you made a good move by kind of laying the cards face up 
right 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 off the bat say this is what I, this is my intent this is where I want right, to go right yeah. and then and then they just basically <laughs> they say well let's forget all this discussion let's just do it which is yeah now here's the question though I mean are the people on board with it or are they just power crazy elders no not power crazy elders um I'm sure there's some dissension in the ranks, but I haven't heard about it. Yeah. It's been two, three months now, so it, you know, probably three months or more. It's a funny thing. I, I, I think the I, I think first of all, it's it's the it's the historic practice, right? Yeah. And and whether weekly or even daily, whenever the church met, that's what they did. And the reason they did it was the Lord said, "Do this." Okay, so that's kind of it uh it all the gospels point in that direction you know the lord's recognized in the breaking of the bread every time he's every time he's there he's feeding people so you know there's this this sense that to have fellowship with god is a a, a table fellowship so you've got that going um and you know the uniform practice of the church for the longest time was was whenever the church got together they they heard the teaching of the apostles and and they broke the bread of holy communion that's it's right. acts from right from the book of acts uh but it kind of fell away i think with with the the onset of pietism especially pietism pietism wanted wanted uh, you did make sure that you were repentant enough and you took it seriously enough and you didn't you know just take it for granted and it wasn't special and all this kind of stuff so that kind of uh, t- toned things down. And I think when Lutherans came to America, the, you know, American Protestantism is not very sacramental. So so they didn't see the need. If you don't believe it's the body and blood of Christ and you don't take his words, do this in remembrance of me seriously, then, of course, it, the question's kind of like, why bother? You know, once a quarter should do it. But uh, and we kind of followed along that that route. But we seem to have turned the corners. And your congregation seems to be kind of an example of that. Um, when I was growing up in the Lutheran Church, that would have caused a huge, huge discussion. Oh yeah, I, I was really expecting a long, protracted time of okay, patiently teach, patiently, you know, just instruct and and get to the point where the people are asking for it and you know, kind of that sort of thing is. No, let's just do it. See, a lot of times cool. I think the conversation then morphs from the corporate to the personal. Well, you know, are you saying that you can't be saved without communion? You can, you, you know, you can't be saved without Jesus. But but uh, if you can't get to communion or communion doesn't get to you, you can be saved. That's not the issue. The issue is when the church gathers as a church, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, when you gather as a church, uh, what do you do? And what you do is you hear apostolic teaching and you break the bread, which is the body of Christ. That, that's what you do to be church. That's what the church does when it's gathered. Um, it's, not a, it's not a personal. I think we always personalize these things. Right. You know, yeah. are you saying that if I don't go to communion, I'm not going to heaven? Or, you know, my Uncle Harry who hasn't had communion in five years, you know, he's not, he's, he's not saved. It's, no, 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 no. It's, it's, this is what the church does. And uh, that's it's because communion is a corporate thing. It's not a private thing. You know, um, there's always the questions and and because of sacraments and and we as Lutherans don't have a doctrine of sacraments. So we don't run everything the same exact way. True. But people often will be confusing 
the importance of baptism with the importance of communion. And they're both very important, but not in the same ways. Yeah, they, because they're, they're unique. As gifts, they have their, their own proper blessing. Right. Uh, you know, we don't talk about being reborn and renewed in, uh, in Holy Communion. Right. Uh, but we do talk about being fed. We do talk about uh, receiving forgiveness, life, and salvation in the forms of Christ's body and blood. Uh, you know, you don't get the body and blood of Christ in baptism, for that matter. <laughs> you, you do get forgiveness, but that forgiveness kind of tags along with everything. You know, that, that's, that's not what's unique. That's what's in common. But what's unique to baptism is rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So a washing. Washing's not the same as eating. We know that. Wash your hands before dinner. You you didn't have dinner. You were washing your hands. You get clean. Right, right. Um, it, you know, we're, I think in ordinary life, we're less confused than in church life sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, but there's, there's the confusion oftentimes in that in cases of emergency, it's perfectly acceptable for laity to baptize. Yet it, there, Luther makes it very clear there's no emergency Lord's Supper. Yeah, I've always been impressed by Luther's thing, and that started in 1523, where where he'll uh, with that that letter to Prague. We've talked about that yeah. before, you know, and and he basically says, "Fathers, teach your children. If they're not baptized, baptize them. But under no circumstances should you be conducting Lord's suppers in your homes." Uh, and and then he says something to the, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it's close. Um, better to go a lifetime without the Lord's Supper than to celebrate it in a dubious fashion. Right. <laughs> so there you have it. You know, if you're going to think individually, personal salvation, you're asked, you're framing the question wrong. The, the, the question is, what do we do when we're gathered as a church? And for Luther, a church gathered in an ordered way has a called and ordained pastor in front of it. And the issue at Prague was, how do we get one? Right. And, and yeah, yeah, and the, that if I remember story. right, they were basically lying to get ordained. They were, yeah, they were, they were they were telling the Roman Catholics, Oh yeah, we're one of you. Go ahead and ordain. They were us. taking yeah. vows with both fingers crossed behind their right. backs, saying, Oh, right. we, we promise we're not going to administer the cup to the laity. And then they went ahead and did it, you know. <laughs> the Utraquist controversy. Yeah, the Hussites, the Jan Hus. Yes. Those anyway, so you got that. I, I think you know, as a as a pastor, I'm always concerned when when we turn gospel into law. You 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 don't want to you don't want to legal you don't get legalistic about the sacrament. But right. legalism runs both ways. You know, making it special is a legalistic way of looking at things too, isn't it? You know, in other words, it doesn't work unless it's special, unless you do something, unless you feel something, unless right. you're in the right frame of mind. Uh, that's law, too, and that's turning gospel into law, or insisting that you must commune every Sunday or you're no Christian. No. Um, no. We, we, we talked a little bit about this in a recent episode about consecrationism versus uh, receptionism. Mm -hmm. And, uh, y you know, I think that the error on the receptionist side is that it's very personal. And so it's only the Lord's Supper as long as there's someone there to receive it in this mindset. Well, it's that's true. But, it, you know, that way it's more individual also, though. 
If, it, if it, I'm there to receive it, then it, it's it, it's the Lord's Supper to me. Yeah, and, it, and for it, me, it's it's true. It, and and it, it, there is that very strong uh, personal for you aspect. Like when you distribute the body and blood, yeah. it is for you. And like Luther says in the Catechism, or better, the Catechism says, the words for you require all hearts to believe. Those are the gospel delivery words for you. So this is that that's important. But the issue is um, when does it become? And and we should be very like silent. Right. <laughs> Don't even attempt right. to answer that question. But I'm saying when, when you when you put the emphasis only on one side, I could see how it becomes very personal and then all of a sudden it's very special right and so it it really is only i really only need it when i feel like i need it that 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 way it's special see i I think the gospel always calls for maximum freedom because the gospel is freedom christ sets us free and so the most free uh way of distributing the sacrament in the congregation is to offer it whenever the congregation is gathered. If you do not feel the need, if you have this need to prepare more thoroughly, perhaps, fine, whatever your piety suggests, but don't impose that on your neighbor. Right. Um, right. And, and I will say that probably after six months or a year, uh, it becomes so much the norm of worship that it doesn't even seem like you've been to church without communion i've gone to on vacation sometimes you go to churches they don't it's not a communion sunday so yeah it's okay you know when in rome or wherever (laughs) and uh it's fine you know it's nice you sing hymns you listen to sermon and and everything but it i hate to say it this way but it just doesn't feel like church does it i i do a guy uh who came fresh out of seminary is full of ideas and full of vim and vigor, as as we all tended oh, to be. Oh gosh, we were insufferable. Yeah, and uh, so like the first day in his church, he announces we're we're going to have communion on a weekly basis because it's like foreplay without sex if we don't. Oh man, I hate analogies that go that way. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's really a bad way to start your, yeah. start your time with these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. that. It's like, oh, it's just, oh, that was that goes that wrong. Was that goes wrong move, in a variety of directions. Yes. really fast. You could stay with the within the food genre, the food metaphor, and say that word without sacrament is a little bit like um, discussing the menu, but never ordering a dish and getting it brought to the table, I suppose. That, um, that, that might work. But the problem with that is it diminishes the efficacy, the power of the word. You, you might need to go back and tag the beginning of this program with the homeschooler alert. The homeschooler alert? Yeah. Well, I just put the little explicit thing that, that pops oh, up. Oh, that's the all... That's the new way. The new way now is you, you don't have to do it for your whole podcast. You can do it episodically. Oh, so it's just like, hey, you've been warned. It's got a big E there. Well, and, and not just that. It it adds a little mystery to the whole program. Uh, it's like, ooh, The analytics are time? much stronger on the explicit episodes. I, oh, I, I, see, I that's good to know. So, yeah. so bottom line, uh, <laughs> weekly, historic, good practice, very gospel-y. Um, it it, it uh, makes the body and blood of Christ available to... Uh, you know, all the members of the congregation all the time. This this is a good thing. Uh, but, you know, certain care in 
whenever you change, whenever you do a change in direction, change in practice, it's it's got to be in a gospel way, not a law yes, way. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's Luther's invocavit sermons from the fifteen early fifteen twenties. Is got to do the right thing for the right reason. I, I uh, when I was in Missouri uh, serving as a corporate hack. Um, the church that I attended, uh, you know, Mark Sell is the pastor there, and, and he put me on the board of elders so I could say all the things that he was thinking but uh, couldn't say. But <laughs> but anyway, this topic came up, and I loved one of the elders says, what, are you afraid you're going to get too much Jesus? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too much grace, too much forgiveness. I can't take it anymore. Right, yeah. right. Now, as I understand, historically, a lot of this came to play in the LCMS back when there was a pastoral shortage, when you had the circuit riders and that sort of thing. So you would have communion when you had a pastor. And if that you had a pastor been. serving six, seven churches, you'd have it every six or seven weeks. That could have been. I, I, I just, yes, absolutely. That that the, the circuit riders did not get around all the time, and, and people were accustomed to a much um, greater period of time between communion, and there's nothing wrong with that either. No, but um, what you end up with is the problem that we always seem to face is the exception becomes the rule. See, I think we, we always have to be on guard. Sacramental theology always has lurking around in it a certain transactional character. Yeah, in in yeah, other yeah. words, it, you know, I call it the filling station model, where I've been driving around, all week and the tank is running on low and now I got to fill it up. So I, I go to the church, like the gas station to fill up my tank with forgiveness so I can go on another week of sinning, I suppose. <laughs> and that's a really bad model. You know, it, it's, it, you can't quantify these things. You, you well, that, That's what's said of the Roman Catholic belief with the infused grace quite often. You yeah. Know, you, people will say you go to get grace because right. you need grace to do good. And, right. Yeah. And that's this very transactional. See, again, it flips the tables and it's not the Lord's giving. It's our doing. That's that's really because we don't we don't think in terms of uh, the 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 petrochemical, the, the the gasoline people supplying gas to us. We think about getting gas. I need gas. My meter says it's empty. I got to go get some gas, you know. Right. Um, and that's a very poor way of looking at, at the sacraments. I haven't been for a while. I need to tank up, you know. Uh, no, it, it's, it's, think about baptism. How many times do you have to be baptized? <laughs> I, I, I know people, <laughs> I know people who've been born again and again and again and again, you know, uh, it's, it's like, really? Once didn't do it, huh? So yeah. anyway, yeah, you, so that's, 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 that's a problem. That's that. Anything else in the mailbag? You got anything? Yeah, actually, this was a uh, a Facebook thing. Let me find oh, it real quick here. Um, someone wrote to me asking if we have any podcasts uh, that would be good for people who are fearful about their salvation, mm -hmm. uh, those who think that they've sinned too much or too badly, etc. Mm. Um, I don't know if we have any episodes that specifically deal with that, but this one is a good one, too. I... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's hard to refer back to the, the, the conversations is too freewheeling. I'm sure we talked about it when we were going through sure. the, the yeah. confessions or we went through, we did a little stint in Calvinism and, and this kind of stuff because, you know, that comes up is can you sin your way out of salvation? Right. Uh, this, can you lose your salvation? Uh, you know, in, in Calvinism, you can't. If you're, if you're one of the elect, you're one of the elect no matter what. 
uh, not so in Lutheranism, but it's an asymmetrical teaching, right? You know, if you're saved, it's God's doing. If you're unsaved, it's your your fault. And uh, there, I think there's always, I think that fear is a healthy fear. I, I just watched the movie, um, The Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and, and Daniel, the little the kid, asks uh, Mr. Miyagi, the uh, the the his his karate instructor. He, he says, "Did you ever fight when you were my age?" And and he goes, "Yeah." And and he says, "Were you afraid?" And he says, "Always." He says, "Always, right. always afraid." Um, and and that's a you know that's kind of a, like important principle in karate is when it's when you're not afraid that's when you're going to that's when you're going to get your butt kicked you know you you have to fear your enemy and uh and so i think that fear is a healthy fear fear and faith go together and so when one fears the loss of one's salvation when one fears the gravity of one's sins that's that's the law at work and there's also there's always this polar tension of law and gospel so it's not how do i get rid of the fear it's what do i do when i am afraid right and the answer is run to christ and he's the end of all fear yeah um i fear that a lot of church bodies and and churches individually also put this on people with all this talk of backsliding and this sort of thing. I yeah. grew up in that torture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I backslid probably about 8,000 times in a week. And, uh, you know, I had to ask Jesus back into my heart all the time. But, um, you know, the, the problem is there's no confidence in Christ. There's no confidence in what he's done. It's not confidence in yourself and in your faith, because faith doesn't talk about itself. It talks about its object. And so our confidence is in Christ. So if you're confessing Christ, uh, I'm going to say, I hear your faith speaking. And, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road, is even if I don't feel forgiven, has Christ still died for my sins? Yes, he has. You know, my feelings don't come into play here. Uh, There are times where I think that I am just a reprobate and I deserve hell and damnation, which I do. But Christ has still redeemed me, and he doesn't remember my sins anymore, so I don't need to remember them anymore. And uh, I, can, I can then press forward, as St. Paul says, I press on toward the glory that lies ahead. And so, so we do that because of what Christ has done, not because of what we've done or what we're doing or anything like that. So if your focus is in Christ and him crucified, uh, Hebrews, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, if that's where our eyes are fixed, then we don't have to really fear that he's going to turn his back on us. But that doesn't give us license to just uh, go act like a reprobate either. Yeah, see, the, I think the, the, the paradox of law gospel sets up basically you have two things to look at with those eyes of faith that you you know quoted that hebrew fix your eyes on jesus and those aren't the eyes in your head because the eyes in your head can't see jesus um but it's it's your faith uh but there's two there are basically two things your faith can look at um or basically two people it can look at adam or it can look at christ right uh it can look at you that is you in Adam as as Adamic man, as one born, you know, in the human race, born flesh and blood, born sinful and fallen, to you can look at yourself or you can look to Christ. If you look to Christ, 
you are utterly bulletproof. Nothing, nothing can, can rob you of your salvation. You know, there's like that hymn, Christ be my le- leader, you know, not sin and its stain can, can harm my salvation, you know. Um, and so w- when, you're, when you see yourself in Christ, then that question doesn't even come up. That the question comes up means that you're looking at yourself. And this is kind of like the tricky thing is we think that, okay, so I've got this really big sin problem and it's causing me to doubt my salvation. So I need to get to work on the sin problem. I need to kind of eradicate the sin problem because it's making me doubt my salvation in Christ. All true. Right diagnosis, wrong prescription. The prescription is look to Jesus. Not, not focus more on your sin. Look to Jesus. This is one of those places where Alcoholics Anonymous can teach us a few things. Is that we, you know, we need to confess that we have a problem and we're powerless to overcome it on our own. Right, halfway there. I, now I can't do it. Now you got to get you got to get to Christ. See, the, right. the error in, in AA is to say you're always an alcoholic. You're always a drunk. That may be like biochemically true. But that's not an identity that you should pin on yourself, okay? In Adam, you're a drunkard. In Christ, you are not. Right, you know, yes. Christ has taken that away. In fact, he's, become, he's taken on that identity in your place, and he's clothed you with his sober righteousness. So, the, you know, identify with that. Not with not with your sin, uh, and and that's kind of the big thing with with being in Christ, is that Christ does not permit you to identify with your sin any longer. That's oh, not so, who you are. So you're saying I can do whatever I want? <laughs> yeah. So what do you want? Yeah. There you go. Being right being answer. in Christ, what do you want? You know. I love that scene in the old black and white Luther movie yes. where he's teaching on Romans, and one of the kids says, "Wait a minute." You're saying I can do what I want? And Luther says, absolutely. What do you want to do? You know, do, do you want to go out and be a drunken idiot? Or right. Do you want to, do you want to go, go really whoring want to and drinking? Or what pleases you? What pleases right. you? Having been rescued from sin and death, what pleases you, you know? So it, it's speaking to the new man, not the old, the new man in Christ, not the old man. You know, and when, that's when I we th- ask that question. That's the big problem, I think, in a lot of Christian conversations is we keep addressing each other as old, old men in Adam. Right. Rather yes. than as new people in Christ. And and we ought to be addressing each other according to our baptismal identity, not our first birth identity, because that's that's dying. You know, that's that's on its way to the grave. Uh, but but our the, the new man in Christ, that's where the action is. That's to be in Christ is to be already a new creation. And we ought to be encouraging each other to see ourselves that way. So. So I don't worry about the tension so much. If somebody's worried about that, I think it's good you worry about that. You ought to worry yeah, about that. Absolutely. And, and then then take that fear and go running to the running to Christ, running to the sacrament, to confession, uh, to where, wherever the the gospel is available to you, and uh, and 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 let Jesus deal with that. He's already borne that burden, so don't try to bear it yourself. And and that kind of takes us back to weekly communion also. It does. You know, where Ambrose makes, you know, he makes that statement that basically says, I need communion always because I sin <laughs> often or yeah, so right. much or that's, all the time or whatever, you know. And um, That's right. I, you you know, know, I, I like to say when people say, oh, I don't need it. I don't need it all the time. So, well, you know, if you have no sin, you don't need it really. 
Um, but if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself and the truth's not in you either. So right. go yeah. figure. So anyway, uh, hopefully that's that's some helpful stuff there. But uh, long and short of it is if you're actually fearing your salvation, uh, not a bad you probably thing. don't need to fear it because you are concerned. If you're not concerned... Then we're going to be afraid. That's for a bigger. That, that's a bigger. That's right? a bigger concern. Yeah. 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 So living, you know, the opposite of love isn't hate; it's apathy. Living we, paradoxically is never comfortable. You know, no, there, it's there's, not. There's always there's there's always going to be that, and you're and just kind of stewing it's in know. this tension. You know, you're <laughs> stewing in the juices of it. It's it's not comfy. So. So. Yeah. How about the world of religion? What's going on in the world oh, yeah. of religion? We got, we got some good stuff. You, you, you got you know, your hur- finger on the pulse. The hurricane There's is a, coming. The hurricane. This is a, this hur- is a whopper. This, the, this thing is a whopper. Florence. It is, and the Carolinas are, uh, well, thank God people are already evacuated. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they've gotten smarter. You know, we've seen the effects in New Orleans, in Houston. Uh, we've had some major, major storms of recent memory, and uh, so I think we take these things a little bit more seriously. Do pray for those people who uh, were not able to evacuate or were too stupid to evacuate. <laughs> um, I saw some you know, interviews. They're, they're really asking for it. They're they're expecting uh, over three feet of rain in a 36-hour period, I think I heard. I saw some interviews with people uh, you know who are electing to stay and it's kind of it's it's interesting to listen to uh, many of them had no place to go and uh you know they had their pets and the shelters don't allow animals so they they have that i i don't know what i would do in in those circumstances it kind of depends where i'm located and how my house is and there's lots of things but i'll tell you those hurricanes that is one slow rolling apocalyptic disaster. It is. <laughs> it and, just uh, creeps in on you. You got this wall of water. You you've got, got a warning though. It's not like a, no. a earthquake or even a tornado that pops <laughs> up. Maybe you get fifteen minutes warning. No, no, no. You get days, days, weeks even sometimes. Right. And they're kind of capricious. They can take a left turn or a right turn kind of at, at a at a moment's notice. So they're they're kind of strange in that way. But I'll tell you, of all the natural disasters that I know of, and I, I grew up in tornado country, I live in earthquake country and wildfire country, I'll take any of those over hurricanes any day. So the year is 1999, and a young Craig, fresh out of seminary, been out for just several months at this point, is in Connecticut and a hurricane is rolling up the East Coast. <laughs> and we've got about a week's notice on this. So Craig, in his wisdom, runs out to the hardware store, buys some oil lanterns and uh, you gotta get a plywood. bunch of water. Plywood. And get, get plywood. You have to get... Yeah, you know, and I'm getting all this stuff. And my neighbors are <laughs> looking at me like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I said, well, the hurricane's coming. you got to be ready. You know, you got to have light. you got to have food. you got to have water. You need all this. And so, you know, I'm loading up this closet with all sorts of supplies, and I'm prepping. I mean, I'm prepping mm-hmm. big time. And uh, once again, my neighbors are like, you really don't need to do that. Uh, it's probably not going to hit us. Well, you know, the news, the news is telling us that it's heading. Long story short, we ended up with about four inches of rain. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> It just petered out. There's that. Yeah, it was a rainstorm. They're hard to predict. I I, I like the spaghetti models they have now, which are the different color uh, lines indicating the different 
models that are being used to attempt to predict which direction is going. You know, and there's always the one oddball. It's like political polls. There's always one that just kind of stands out as being not like the others. And so there's one where it just kind of takes an abrupt right turn and goes up the East Coast and heads off to Greenland or whatever. But uh, uh, most of them seem to be in agreement that it's going to just womp <laughs> some part of the Southeast bad. So... Our old buddy Hurricane Pat Robertson, who Hurricane before Pat. Uh, tried to pray off a hurricane and it actually didn't hit him, so now he's a prophet uh, because he prayed off a hurricane about 30 years ago. So now Pat's at it again. He's about 900 years old, and of course he's got Regent University and his complex in the Carolinas and all this. And uh, so we've got a really great audio clip from him. So let me play it. Hang on, baby Jesus. This is going to get bumpy. (laughs) Sorry, wrong one. (laughs) Although that's pretty good. Not bad. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you right now, put your hand out toward the Atlantic, wherever it is. And let's speak a word right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You Hurricane Florence, we speak to you in the name of Jesus. And we command the storm <laughs> to cease its forward motion and go harmlessly into the Atlantic. Go up north away from land and veer off in the name of Jesus. We declare in the name of the Lord that you shall go no farther. You shall do no damage in this area. We declare a shield of protection all over Tidewater. And we declare a shield of protection over those innocent people in the path of this hurricane. In Jesus' holy name, be out to sea. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's praise God. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we will live to mark this day and say, I remember I was there, and when we saw that Hurricane Florence averted, we're going to believe God. And Jesus said, if you, when you speak to the mountain and you don't doubt in your heart, it will do the thing that you command it to do. Hmm. Yes. That's Shake a, it back! That's a, yeah. that's, that's a rough paraphrase right there. <laughs> uh, hey, I got a question. Uh, yeah, did, yeah. Did, did he evacuate? I don't know. Hmm. Um, that would be kind of uh, interesting. I mean, you know, or is he kind of like just camped out on the beach, just kind of waiting for the storm think, to take a quick <laughs> turn to the north? You shall not pass. Kind of that's boy. Know. That's classic old school. Oh, name yeah. it and claim it that's right there. Right. You 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 name Jesus and you command, just like Jesus commanded the demons and the diseases when he was doing his his earthly ministry you 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 command in the name of jesus and then you thank god in advance for his cooperation right and now if god doesn't cooperate what what does this mean or or if the the I storm mean, you're naming it and claiming it in his name and if god isn't you know if he's not really on your side this week See, I, I, I still want to know, did, did he evacuate? Is he anywhere near the area? Is he, is he like, in another state? No, no, no. Uh, I'm trying to remember where his, uh, let's see here. Let me Googly uh, Regent University real quick here. 
I know there's one in Vancouver, but that's not uh, that's not really hurricane country it's, up there. It, <laughs> I like it when you Google it. It's Regent University, 100% accredited. So you got to put that right out front <laughs> yeah. there. This is not just a Bible school. That's that's we a lot of get a, our accreditation. A lot of blessed assurance right there. Uh, let's see here, Virginia Beach, Virginia. What? What? I thought it was in the Carolinas. It, well, that's where it's heading. Oh, you thought the college was. Yeah. Never mind. But so if if he really believes what he's praying, then he ought to be sitting on the beach in a folding chair and uh, just kind of watching the show. See, the problem is he's got all his bets covered. Pat so, Robertson's worth $100 million. Oh, don't even go there. Um, if, if the <laughs> hurricane just kind of like tears through and floods everything in spite of the prayer— then it was God's judgment against the gays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's Pat Robertson's stick, see. Uh, and, and in other words, God's judgment against the gays was stronger than their prayer to rebuke, the, uh, rebuke Florence and send her north. If the storm follows that one oddball model, and I think it's a European model that, that always goes in a different direction, probably French, uh, but if it, it follows that model and it, it, it veers off, then God be praised. He heard our prayers and we did it. We did it. was our intercessions that did That's it. That's right. That's right. If I hadn't prayed, then that wouldn't have happened. So, so if our prayers don't come true, it's the gaze. And if it does come true, then, then it's because we're pious and holy and, and we're righteous. And that's the evidence for it. So he's got all his bets covered. Um, now, the alternative, of course, is what if God just kind of lets it go? You know, what if it's just like kind of sort of a runaway top that, it, you know, the thing just starts spinning and and God knows where it's going to go, but he doesn't do anything about it. This is kind of like, well, let's let's I, I've got it covered either way. Huh? That's yeah, the well, non-interventionist. You know, the non-interventionist approach is that uh, he really doesn't direct it. He just lets the whirlwind do what the whirlwind does because he created it anyway he's yeah i guess he's in virginia beach virginia anyway so uh, he's not yeah, even, he's yeah, not he's, even in the path he's of not the really thing. even in the path he's just well he's north he'll probably blame it on gays in charleston yeah virginia beach is just north of the northern north carolina border hmm. but uh yeah, I'm not sure where where is it supposed to hit exactly. It well, it changed. I, I, it, it was supposed to be know. a little bit further north, and then it kind of. I think the model moved it south. But the classic name it and claim it. I mean, you, Osteen plays the same game, just different ends, but it it's all designed to kind of manipulate the forces of nature and God and everything else just by using the name of Jesus, like some talisman, some rabbit's foot, and. Uh, and, you know, you're basically ordering things. Can you imagine if a world actually worked that way? I'm starting to think if it veers off and hits Washington, D.C., it might be God's wrath. <laughs> so just, just saying. Okay, so let's, let's play that scenario. <laughs> so it, it takes a sudden—it it actually obeys Pat Robertson. It takes a sudden right turn to the north, and it slams directly into Washington, D.C. in the Beltway. Now, what does that mean? Is that God's judgment against Trump or the Democrats or, um, or the whole mess? I, I'm going to go with the whole thing. Yeah. 
It's it's time to just wipe Washington clean and reboot. So rather than drain that's the swamp, kind of my to he's gonna that's he's my gonna answer to the LCMS. That's my answer. He's, to he's gonna flood the swamp. Reboot it. Yeah. You like you like you like hitting that factory default button, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Reboot. Go wipe it out. Start yeah. over. Clean it. Just clean it. Wipe it clean. There's something to be said for that. You know, every attempt to fix things makes it worse. It runs right when you when you wipe it and reboot. <laughs> it just runs right. <laughs> I've discovered that actually with uh, with my operating system is every once in a while a clean install. It's just yep. all of a sudden, wow, this machine's a lot faster than I thought it was. And there's just something about a clean install. You know, but you're touching on this also. If, if the hurricane moves off of track to uh, smash Pat Robertson and goes to uh, evil New York City or swings hard south down to Miami where we know that they're godless and homosexuals down there and stuff then then god must love us more than them i've got to assume <laughs> well, right yeah well he only prayed that the innocent people would be spared now what exactly is that um well um, the the good no Christian one is people, righteous, no, not one. Or the, the, three, the good yeah. Christian people who have contributed to Pat Robertson, I assume. I'm just assuming. Good Christian. In other words, he doesn't want his donor base to erode in the hurricane. He is worth a hundred million. Yeah, there's always room for more. Yeah, that's true. Wow. He's right up there with Joel Osteen in the money department. You know, the, this whole business of, of disaster, natural or otherwise, you know, if you go back to the Gospels, what, is, what does Jesus say in Luke? Uh, the, the response is repent. You know, they, they ask him about a political atrocity where Pilate killed some worshipers and mingled their blood with their sacrifices, etc., and Jesus refers to uh, some sort of an accident. Sounds like a construction accident where a tower falls on a bunch of people. And he, he says, you know, where they were sinners than anybody else? No, but unless you repent, something worse is going to happen to you. Yes, eternally. So I, I do think that God uses these things as signs of repentance. I saw a cool thing, by the way. Um, last night I was watching the news. And yeah, don't you love the news people? Everybody's fleeing. You know, they have both lanes of, they have both uh, sides of the expressway going one way out of yeah, town. going out. That's the degree out. of urgency. And the news people are standing on the beach. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is wrong with you people? But they had this I'm cool, going to get the story. They had this cool the shot. Uh, they had this cool shot. I think it was Lester Holt. And, and Lester's on the beach and the wind's whipping around and, and everything. And, and you can see the storm clouds getting darker and darker and darker behind him. But it was still daylight. And there was a rainbow. There was a Ooh. rainbow in, in, in this gathering storm. And I thought, man, that's right out of Genesis. That's the sign. So it, it's like, yeah, it's going to be bad, but it's not going to be like flood bad. <laughs> I'm not it's, going to wipe out the whole. Yeah, earth. I'm not going to wipe out the whole. I might wipe out a couple of regions here, but not the whole earth. But there's that. It was almost I found it vaguely reassuring. The sign of the covenant, the promise it was there on the leading edge of this, this horrific hurricane. I thought that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. By the way, um, have you ever done a, a, his, a study in the history of uh, the rainbow flag? I think someone had that on Facebook not too long ago, and I, it's I was fascinating about it, how the colors have changed. They have stuff. the the original yeah. one had eight, I think eight colors, or or it had, it had more than the the one that you see now. And the first one was pink; it was hot pink. 
And each of them, it's like the Kwanzaa days. It all, they're the Kwanzaa color, it all stands for something. But the pink stood for sex. So that was a, that was a virtue <laughs> or a value. But yeah, I like to point out the, the sign of the covenant in, in Genesis is not the spectrum. It's not a flag, and it's not that array of colors. It's the rainbow in the sky. It's, it's, it's the yes. bow in the sky. It's the phenomenon. That's the sign, not, not the rainbow. So nobody's co-opted that. All right. Just saying. I'll go with that. Just I'll, saying. I'll buy it. But I saw this rainbow and all these dark clouds and the menacing surf and all of this. And I, thought, I, I was vaguely comforted. I said, you know, God did promise that he's never going to destroy the, at least the whole earth by, by water. Fire, yes, that's another matter. But, but, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but water, no, no. Not, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. So, you know. Um, we have a Skype call. Skype. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's, let's do it real Somebody quick called the Skype number? Yes. Here we go. Go. It's interesting when your number... Kung Pao beef and General Tso's chicken, I think. Your order is ready for pickup. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That sounds like an average day in my life. I was about to say, when you have a 626 area code on your Skype number, this is what you get. Increasingly so. Yeah. That's right. It's like my cell phone. I've got a 626 cell phone, and I keep getting uh, all these calls either in Spanish or Chinese. Yes. And they're trying to sell me something. But yes. I don't, so now, I, if I'm at work, I open my Greek Bible and I start reading to them in Greek. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. I'll meet your language <laughs> with my language. Mine happens to be dead, but, you know, so it goes. Alabama, 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 Alabama. pastor destroys... Own Nike gear during anti-Colin Kaepernick <laughs> sermon. <laughs> "Quote: what? I got news for you. I bought my last pair of Nike shoes." Mac Reverend Morris. Mac Morris told his cheering Woodridge Baptist Church congregation. Wow, I got. I think I have. Uh, I think I have a news clip on that. Let's let's see. Hang on here. Both online and offline, in response to the new Nike Just Do It ad campaign featuring NFL free agent Colin Kaepernick. Some people are even burning their Nike gear in disgust. That's Others are showing stink. their support. CBS 4's Chris Martinez has a look at both sides. Throwing this in the fire because of Colin Kaepernick is now the face of Nike. Some lit their Nike shoes on fire, sharing the video on social media. Sorry, Nike. I've been buying you for the past 20 plus years. Not anymore. They just the hashtag boycott Nike trended on Twitter after former That's 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick shared this that. ad with the caption, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. There you go. It's part of Nike's 30th anniversary of its Just Do It campaign, but it's not sitting well with some Nike fans. Susie Burkhardt says you won't find her sporting the swoosh. I thought about it this morning and last night when I was getting ready to decide what I was going to wear. I chose not to wear it. I'm not wearing any Nike. Wow. Kaepernick became a divisive figure when he began kneeling during the national anthem in 2016, protesting police brutality and racial injustice. He's been unsigned since then, entangled in a lawsuit with the NFL, accusing the league of illegally shutting him out. Juan Ugarte is among fans backing Kaepernick. I think it's part of the American experience to be able to speak your mind freely. I see it as a respectful way to say how you feel. Stars, including Serena 
Williams have also come out in support, tweeting, especially proud to be a part of the Nike family today. Shares of Nike dropped nearly 3% in trading. Oh, Chris Martinez, there. CBS News, right Pasadena, there. California. Stock market tells everything. Pasadena. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, Serena busted her racket. That man, was a she, she had a meltdown. But Yeah, she went uh, full. Uh, what was his name? The, the tennis player in the 70s and 80s that was always having meltdowns. Um, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It wasn't Jimmy Connors, but it was his his nemesis. Yes, curly hair. Yeah. He <laughs> Senior looked like moment. Art Garfunkel. Yeah, he did kind of look like Art Garfunkel. Oh, he forgot man. Anyway. Uh, email us, let it, us know. It'll come to us. It'll come to us. Anyway, yeah, so I know you're a big supporter of Nike. They're the Dan only Colin shoe Kaepernick, that fits my mistaken. narrow heel. I, 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 and I get them cheap. I get them at these, re, you know, these these stores that sell like excess inventory. Oh yeah, outlet so I, mall. I get them for like thirty bucks a pair, and nice. and they're great. But they're, they're like one of the few. Uh, shoes that fit my feet, and I couldn't care less about this stuff. And what is it about quarterbacks taking a knee? They, I mean, they first are wide it was enough for my gun boat. First it so was Tebow. Tim Tebow takes a knee, and then yeah. then he's unemployed. See, I think that's the thing. I don't think it's the. I, don't, I think it's taking a knee that renders you unemployable because you know if you take a knee, the play is over. Isn't that a sign of defeat? Yeah, basically. That's right. And and if you, if if your knee touches the turf. The play's whistle dead. So what owner is going to be hiring a quarterback that so easily and willingly takes a knee? I wouldn't trust him with a snap. I'm just saying. <laughs> and and interestingly, both Kaepernick and Tebow suffered from the same problem besides a readiness to take a knee. Running quarterback. Runners. Yep. You know, Runners. there are hired assassins in the backfield. There there are there are men who weigh upwards of 300 pounds who can bench press me and and they're paid huge and do the 100 yard dash in under 10 seconds <laughs> and they're and they're <laughs> and they're completely encased in plastic armor and their their sole job is to maim disable or kill the quarterback uh, when you run into that into that mix, you you are jeopardizing everything, life, limb, and multi-million dollar contracts. So, what owner really wants to see that? I, I I heard a thing from Roger Staubach one time. He says, "Stay in the pocket, trust your guys, throw the ball. That's your run job. Run for the sidelines. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you have to run, slide feet first, and and because there's major penalties." Right. You know, if 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 they if they jump on you, then there's going to be like all hell to pay for that. But well, it's, you know, in rugby, you you have this the mall, which is basically when everyone starts dogpiling, fighting for the ball, and the last place you want to be is at the bottom because people oh, are gosh. looking to step on your hands, on yeah. your feet, on your ankles. Yeah. They're, they're looking to stomp your face, and you all know? civility so, ceases. No, you 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 just. That's not where you want to be, and that's where they're putting themselves by running like that. You and just don't want to be at the bottom. That's not a good place. Being a Bears fan, I remember you know the Dick Butkus days, and they, they used to say that if somebody, if you oh, were in a pile, an if you were in a pile and you felt somebody bite your leg, <laughs> you knew Dick Butkus was in. He was in the mix. He was in there. He was gnawing on your leg. You know, so these are the guys that are out there. You know, you just don't run. But uh, but you know, Kaepernick is making a career out of not having a career which you got to hand it to him. That's that's not a bad move. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, when he started all of this, he was already kind of not a key player. He was on with. ice. He, he's he's yeah. not he's not the kind of quarterback they're so, looking for. You today. know, how much of this was? How can I get attention? <laughs> really, I need and attention. Money. How can I get attention? Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm honestly, si- look. I'm sympathetic. I, I appreciate. To- Go ahead. I'm sympathetic ahead. to the cause. I I, I actually kind of get it. And 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 the NFL has set itself up for this. This is the problem. Is the NFL is in deep with the military. They they pay the military to do the honor guard thing and the honor. They're like a, it's like a sponsor. The military becomes a sponsor of the NFL. And so the NFL is not ticked because they're dishonoring the flag. They're dishonoring the country. They're dishonoring the military. If you ask military people, they, a lot of people are going to say, hey, I fought for that freedom. Right. See, right. So, yeah. so the, what, what the problem is that the NFL is in thick with, with the military as a sponsor. And so, the, and, and this plays into the whole patriotic thing that the NFL tries to do as part of their brand. And so, it's this is a branding issue more than anything else. This is a branding issue. And I, I'm I'm sick. I'm sick of that. I don't like football anyway. See, I was I was disturbed when Kaepernick started doing this nonsense, but then later on, I found out that he actually had approached people and he said, "Look." I'm upset over all this stuff that's going on, and you know, how can I protest without being disrespectful? And and he had suggested a few few things, and he had talked to like some military people and stuff like that, and they said taking a knee would make a statement without being disrespectful. Dude, you remember the two track and field guys in Mexico City in the in the Olympics? With no. the uh, black glove salute, the, the the black power salute. Now oh. they couldn't they couldn't decide whether it was the right hand or the left hand. So one was one had his right hand in the air, the other his left hand there. <laughs> and the third guy was some white guy. Uh, you know, we, we we basically swept whatever the event was. But right. but during the national anthem on the podium, they put up a black gloved clenched fist. Now that's a symbolic gesture. Yeah, baby. that's Black Panthers. Cost sure. them their gold medals. Cost them like everything now uh so kaepernick's little believe in something even if you have to sacrifice everything those guys actually did yeah. uh, you know and and but that's the nature of freedom that's the nature of symbolic action how much did kaepernick make for this endorsement i that we don't know that's this be very interesting thing yeah. i mean he's 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 got some notoriety again uh, albeit mostly negative, but I'm I'm kind of sick of the whole company boycott stuff. You know, the you got to boycott Chick Fil A because they gave money to so and so. You got to boycott In and Out Burger. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on on both sides of the aisle. You know, so so the the if you're a liberal Democrat, you can't go to this place for lunch, and if you're uh, a good loyal conservative patriot, you can't buy this brand or something. It's like baloney. I'm tired of it. Yeah, because it, it's all indirect. It, it doesn't it doesn't affect the right people anyway. And you know, it's like Penzi Spices. You know Penzi Spices? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Penzi Spices. They send out these goofball liberal emails all the time. You know, everybody's like whining about this stuff. They're the best spices around. I I, I don't care about their politics. I care about fresh spices because I get some barbecue to do. That's it. I'm done. Ticks me off, and I like Nike. And I okay. don't, and I don't like Chick Fil A because I don't like chicken that much. Well, you know the 
And I love In-N-Out Burger. I, honestly, people love Chick-fil-A. And I, I go to the it. bathroom at Target. All that stuff. <laughs> I it, Hopefully in the restroom. Usually. Okay. Uh no, I, I don't get the Chick-fil-A love fest. I mean, I think Chick-fil-A is pretty marginal. It's, but a, it's, it's, it's okay. a fried chicken sandwich. I know. They're fries. they got these crisscut fries. Those are good. Those are good. I, I've been there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand that. But whatever. I mean, you like whatever you like. That's fine. This whole boycott thing always drives me back to the last temptation of the Christ. Um, what? A movie that sucked. It was it was boring. It was tedious. It was just LSD inspired. It was it was it was weird. Oh, so it was made back in the sixties and seventies. You're saying in the seventies, uh, early eighties. I think it was early eighties. Okay, yeah. Right. And here's a movie that was clearly pushing the limits and may, maybe blasphemous. I, I think it was kind of. I watched it's it. It's based on a book written by an, an Eastern Orthodox guy. Anyway, so, I watched it on VHS and fell asleep. You know, that's that's right. kind of the it whole thing there. It was a snoozer. It was it, it was a snoozer. It was not a good movie. Okay. And and unless the evangelicals and the Roman Catholics got so wadded up over it and went out and protested, it would have been a week in the theaters and gone and no one would even remember it. Yeah. But because they went out and they picketed and boycotted, everyone said, "Oh, what's that movie all about? I guess I've got to go see it to know." And um, they drummed up more business for that movie <laughs> yeah. that would have otherwise just was, vanished and been a blip on the radar. It was good. It was pub- There's no such thing as bad publicity. No, you can't buy that kind of publicity. Yeah, and no, so, you know, true. it made the movie, really. You, you in your opposition to it, made it stronger. I think it depends what the product is and what the brand is. And maybe that's kind of the take-home lesson is kind of like stay in your lane. Um, you take a lot of risk when you are hawking a product, when you have a brand. You take a lot of risk by going political, by making yes. strong political statements. Yes. Two words come to mind. Dixie Chicks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, they were, a pretty, they were a pretty good band. And I liked the Dixie Chicks, and they were cute. And then they dissed Bush, you know, at a time when we were all patriotic and going to war. Well, that and they were country rock. And and and, but, know, and then people are are like driving over what appears to be Dixie Chick CDs, which probably actually weren't. They're probably AOL subscription, you know, <laughs> things. But but you know, they're making a big protest. But boy, they just disappeared off the radar, yeah. kind of poof. Which tells I, me there wasn't a lot of talent there either, because I think talent can sur- surpass all of that. That's true. Yeah, you you might disappear for a while, but you'll make a comeback if you're good. Will Roseanne you, Barr make a comeback? I'm not so sure. She's I trying. She's trying really hard. Yeah. Louis C.K. He tried to come back at a at a at a, at a country at a, a comedy club, a little local stand-up comedy club, and people are kind of you know they gave him a big ovation but everybody's kind of going mm, a little too soon louis you know you know this is the problem when you when you try to do it too soon it's kind of like some celebrity pastors that we know who have gotten caught in, <laughs> oh, in Bronte or whatever don't and go there when you when you what try you, to make the you, comeback too oh, soon you had to go what you, you and your you and your mouth you start I'm not flapping. saying who I, i'm i'm not saying any names Look, but 
when you try to come back too soon, you, you, you just can't make the comeback. You can't. It's, it's too soon. So what? You're saying you came back too soon. You should have been on ice longer, I think. I should have, really. Yeah. No, you should have. I should have never been allowed in the ministry in the first place. I don't know what they were thinking. I think, we, the point. <laughs> I think we both feel that way. <laughs> Not only about you, but about me, too. It's like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, the, the, what was I thinking? But, hey, I think we've exceeded our omt on this one. Yeah, probably. I think we're done here. It's it's we're too, done. It's, it's never too soon to quit. It's it, this is toast. This is overcooked as it I is. Do, I do just want to say this: if Go I ran ahead. a corporation, I'd like to think protect your that brand. I would be smart enough to, if we're going to make charitable donations, yeah. make them to causes that aren't political. You know, uh, really, what's you, you know, housing for battered ladies. You if know, I if I'm a shareholder, I'm a little ticked off at some of the ways you know the, these things are thrown around. You yeah. Know. Find find good causes. You know what? Hurricanes coming. I'm going to donate a hundred million dollars to help build barriers to save homes. Right. No. There. I, I know it's what not you're political. Saying. I know what you're saying. It, it, it's because it, it's that's a losing proposition, no matter what side of the issue you're on. Especially these days, it, it just it turns into a big flame war. Protect your brand, Michael yep. Jordan. He knows how to do that. He knows how to protect his brand. Yeah, you know, it's the movie stars that you don't see screaming about stupid stuff that you respect. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Craig, thanks for being here. People, thanks for listening. I'm done. You okay. can follow us and love us. You can love us on Facebook. You can uh, listen to the archive, the 345 episode archive of the God Whispers at any time at GodWhispers.org. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that stuff. And you can email us with your burning white hot theological questions at uh, godwhispers at gmail.com thank you for listening until next time Denny Craig